You're listening to a Soul Fire Productions podcast. Have you ever wondered what happens at a sex party? Well, I wonder this all the time. So asking for a friend, I had my friend Bryn Daler on the show so that we could talk about all the things, the good, the bad, the crying, the orgasms, the sexy time, and everything in between. Yay! I've been wanting to have this conversation for so long with Bryn, just in general, um, sex parties aside. And then Homegirl just started to blast it the fuck open and go for it. She had a threesome a couple weeks before the sex party and then hosted the sex party with someone you may know well, someone she works with, Alexa Martinez of That Sex Chick Podcast. Um, Bryn is a regularly occurring guest over on that show. So I highly recommend you go listen to Bryn um, over on That Sex Chick. But wow, did we go there or what? I love this episode because we covered all the things and Bryn is someone who will just blow you the fuck open just being around her because you see how she leans in in her own life. You see how she's willing to push boundaries and explore her edges and get curious in her life. And it really makes you, myself included, look at where you are not leaning in, where you are not asking for what you want and really being in pleasure. Oh, so sex parties. We also talked about her divorce, which you may know Bryn as Bryn Marhefka, but her divorce as of yesterday uh, that I'm recording this is finalized. And she has transitioned her relationship with her previous husband into this beautiful new thing. And we touch on this a bit, but I'm going to have her back on the show because I want to get into this fully. The way they have handled this is so beautiful. So I'm so excited to welcome Bryn Daler back into the world and on the show. Let's go. You're so cute. (laughs) They make it very large. So even the dumbest of us Nowhere to push. Uh, <laughs> oh, you mean the big thing that says record? Yeah. Hit that one. Cool. <laughs> Alexa, used, uh, we were just recording uh, for all of you listening. And Alexa and I just recorded for that sex chick. And she used one of the buttons that does the clapping. And I was so proud of her. She's like, this is the first time I've used one of these audio effects. <laughs> I'm like, I literally don't know what to do on those buttons. So I don't try and play with them. <laughs> I'm not touching anything except for the big red button and green mm-hmm. button. Mm-hmm. Uh, and except for yourself, obviously. Okay. I am really fucking excited to talk to you for a million reasons. I've been wanting to have this conversation for so long. And then you just happened to be having your first threesome a couple weeks ago and then going into your first ever sex party. So I want to know all the things because I don't think I've ever even talked about a sex party on this show. So like, take me Take me to the beginning and walk me through your weekend adventure. Mm, yes, I'm so excited. So yeah, the, the 
the sentence you just used. And then you had your first threesome and sex party. And I'm like, look at me go. Look at at you go. go. Yeah, just doing all the fucking fun things. But yeah, so I attended my first sex party last weekend and it was, I I said this actually about my threesome, which I'm sure we'll talk a little bit about more, but it felt like all of the, the culmination of all of the personal, professional, sexual and emotional development I've done up until this point in my life culminated in one experience of all of the things that I had to do to step into my most embodied, confident, sexual self and to be able to have an experience like that and be in my full pleasure and not be fucking processing the whole time and bumping against all of these edges and boundaries and and my nervous system just out of control. I feel like I fucking crushed the experience. And to be able to do that, it took me really being able to check a couple of boxes of of who I needed to be in order to have an experience at a sex party, like I said, where I can come and just where I can come Uh come (laughs) and have so much pleasure. So um, the event was actually put on by my team, Sex and Love Co. And we knew that we wanted to have an experience that was equal parts education and play. And I was so grateful that it was actually both of those because I don't think that that's the standard And I would also say I feel very spoiled that this was my first experience because we hired a professional dominatrix to take us through the whole weekend. Like, what the fuck? How is this my life? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So we hired a dominatrix to set up the container and she set up her home in a way so that it's created for these types of experiences. So from the moment I walked in that weekend, I was like, I'm in for a fucking tweet. So walk into her home and immediately to the right, there's a red room set up with a neon sign that says, yes, mistress. That was so hot. I saw that on Instagram over and over. I was like, this is the best sign ever. Okay. As you were. (laughs) I'm going to order one for my bedroom. Um, And there's a bed with under the bed restraints to it with a cross, a spanking bench, candles, Um, they've got all of these different like massage tables set up throughout the home with altars and feathers and floggers. So from the moment I walked in, I'm like, this is going to be so delicious. And the first, like I said, the first half of the weekend was purely educational. So we got to learn from her everything from how to create a scene. The first night that we attended, she actually took her sub through an entire erotic scene in front of us. So I got to be on a fly fly on the wall for that. All the way to um, getting to learn how to practice with rope tying, to um, playing in fantasies. We got to whisper fantasies in each other's ears with partners. We practiced consent. So we were learning all of the things that would ideally be used and needed in a safe, consensual and pleasurable play party. And then it culminated on Saturday night with play. So we walked in, there was a, um, a briefing on the front end where we got to decide what level which we wanted to play at. So we got wristbands. Oh my God. Are you a VIP player or do you want general admission? (laughs) JTT. (laughs) Literally. It was so fun. And I fucking knew I was like, give me the green. So it was red, yellow, green. 
Red said, I'm just observing, or my partner and I are not here to play with others. We're just here to play with one another. And we're not interested in being approached. And yellow was, I'm open to a conversation, but come talk to me first. And then green was, let's fucking do this. Let's still have a conversation because consent is sexy and like I'm game. And so I went green because I wanted the full experience. I mean, I duh. To of course you went green. <laughs> yeah. I love you. It's like, I want a green wristband on each arm. So, you know, I'm like doubly in. Um, and from that point on, I would say the best piece was um, really getting to just explore desire, explore desire with a full permission slip of anything goes. And the way they structured the actual home was also supportive to what level you wanted to play at. So there were different colored rooms. The white room was created for um, cuddles, debriefing, feeding each other chocolate. You couldn't have any genitals out in the white room. So it was like a safe space. If you're playing tag, it was home base, right? You could come back here to just like, right, no more dicks. I just need a break. Um, then, then we had the pink rooms, which were anything goes except penetration. So you could be naked, you could be getting flogged, you could have a full like erotic massage in those rooms, um, but no penetration, mouth, anus, vagina, any sort of. And then the red room was anything goes. That is safe, sane, and consensual. And I love that they had to preface that because I'm like, what the fuck do y'all see that you have to preface (laughs) safe and safe? But I'm sure a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, yeah, and then the red room was on the top floor. So if you were going to the red room, like it was intentional, you were walking up there to get into some shit. And yeah, the night ended up proceeding with me floating in and out of all of the rooms and double clicking and zooming in on whatever the fuck I wanted. And it was the most liberating, pleasure-filled, emotional experience. Um, So many tears, so much pleasure, so much just fucking fun. I can't wait to go back and play all over again. So Um, if you don't fucking invite me to the next one, we are not friends anymore. (laughs) It's over. Yeah, if you're you dead don't to me. come to the next one, you're dead to me. <laughs> I was <laughs> like, I ne- I do not get FOMO. I am a fucking introvert. I am all good by myself. And I had FOMO and I'm like, this is bomb. Oh. And I didn't even know what was going on. I was just like, this sounds amazing. And y'all look so hot. You were posting pictures in your outfits and talking about what was going on. And I'm like, this is the most brilliant thing ever. And I'm so glad that it's you guys mm. putting it on. Um, and using it as an educational tool and resource to show what's possible. Because as you first started talking about this, I was thinking, right, because we don't realize that quote unquote normal people go to sex parties and it can be a part of our lives. It's not like for the crazy people who want to hang from chandeliers that we think that this is about. If you want to do that, like by all means, but we can also run a business and have a partner and go to a play party and like live life and live fucking life. And it was the most, I love that you named that because I think sometimes people think that to witness these acts, right. Whether it's somebody having penetrative sex to witnessing somebody getting a breast massage to witnessing somebody being flogged, that it's going to be like highly erotic and you're not going to know what to do with yourself and your genitals are just going to explode. And it's honestly one of the most natural things I've ever witnessed to just watch somebody else in their pleasure having sex, it's like 
well, yeah, my face looks like that too. Or like, could you go? I'm so glad you're getting it. And it's really not nearly as erotic of an experience to witness than I think people think. And I think that's a lot of where the fear comes from is like, maybe when I'm witnessing these things and it feels like watching somebody eat a sandwich, like it's just so natural at this point. Um, and I will say I've done a lot of work to get to that place. And, and I, I talked a little bit about on the beginning, you know, I've been in the space of sexual development for better half of a, two years. And so I've, I've been practicing things like desire work and boundaries and exploration and sexual positivity for a bit so that I can go into these spaces and feel really good about it. Um, so yeah, it felt very natural. And I didn't mention this. Everyone I at that party, I knew or have some sort of relationship with. So if you layer that on top of it, that it, these weren't strangers. I have deep friendships all the way to just with every single person that was there, which actually I think led it to be ultimately a much more beautiful and expansive experience because we all knew a little bit of each other's histories. We know where each other were on the spectrum from like newbie to more advanced. There was a lot of reverence for the relationships because I was one of the only single people there. And so to me, like my get off is less of a priority than maintaining the beauty and sanctity of your marriage. <laughs> so yeah. I'm going to respect the hell out of whatever it is that you have asked or put forth to the group. And I'll find a way to get my pleasure. Don't you worry. But there was a lot of that too, of like, oh, there's so much at play here and I respect all of it. So that was really powerful. That's so amazing. And you mentioned that there were quite a bit of tears. So I want to hear more about that. What was it that was moving you to actually cry? Yeah, I had two separate experiences that both brought me to tears. I'm a very emotional being. I didn't used to be, but um, it was like once the dam opened, I can't stop it. Um, and gosh, I'm trying to think. I, I can share both experiences, but the one I think that maybe is the most relevant in this moment. Well, the first one, um, I had the opportunity to receive pleasure and sensual touch from women that I would call sisters. And that is an experience that even two years ago, I would not have been able to hold or receive fully. So at the very beginning of the night, and I love that they did this because if you think about walking into a play party, even somebody who's experienced, it can be a lot on the nervous system, the anticipation, not knowing what's next, who am I going to play with? Are they going to pick me? Like there was a lot going through my mind and they had us break off into pairs of four at the very beginning of the night. And they said, whatever you do, this is going to be your opening activity. It could be you going to play patty cake in the corner, or it could be the, you know, four of you all making out. It's whatever you decide you want to do, setting the intention for the rest of the night. So there were four single women there. We all kind of looked at each other like, let's do this. So we go off into this other room and we just sort of just sit in a circle and we're like swaying our hips and we're setting the intention. And we're like, what wants to be birthed here? Like this feels really powerful. There's four fucking hot single women sitting in a circle at the beginning of all of our first play parties. There's like a lot of momentum and tension in that moment. And so 
one of the women that was there, um, she does some channeling. And so she starts like channeling and we're accessing, it feels like this like witchy sister side that I haven't really been part of before. So I'm just like, I don't even know what's happening, but I'm into it. So she's channeling. And then we're talking about um, our intentions and we're like sending love to each other's pussies. So we're like having declarations for our pussies. And I was like, my pussy is lights the world up. And like each person was like sharing what their pussy felt. And um, so that was really fun. And then there was a clear moment where one of the women looked at me and I think she just knew. I had expressed earlier in the weekend that speaking into my desires was something really important to me. And it's something that I'm forever practicing, getting better at speaking my truth, speaking my desire when I feel it and not being afraid of the rejection, allowing the, the, just the pure desire to come through. And if I get rejected, great, but I won't have to sit with the pain of, I didn't fucking speak my truth. So she looks at me after having like our little witchy circle and she's like, hey, Bryn, what do you desire? And my whole body just lights up. Cause I'm like, this is it. This is the opening moment. We are 10 minutes into this play party and I get to start this off with a bang. And I just wanted to experience eroticism and touch and sensuality with women. Like it was so clear that this is my moment to have that experience. I love these women. All Some of them are some of my best friends. I'm just starting to get to know. Like this feels so safe and so perfect. So I looked at her and I just, I closed my eyes for a minute and I just connected with the part of me that knew exactly what I fucking wanted. The part that is there at all times, but I will either dull or shut down or logic my way out of. And I just fucking knew. I was like, I want you to give me a breast massage. I want to take my top off. I want a breast massage. I want to feel your hands all over me. I want varying levels of pressure. And I want to feel like your lips. I just want to feel kisses all over me. And oh, so first I'm like, damn B, where did that come from? <laughs> there was like no part of me that faltered when I shared it. And then what was so beautiful, Kelly was instantly we're in this space of they're like, okay, whatever you want queen. And they just like instantly surrendered to this desire. So they lay me down gently. There's this like beautiful furs and pillows around me in the sensual room with candles and soft music. And the touch of the feminine, like, ugh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there is literally nothing like it. Oh my gosh. It, it's so different, especially in comparison, like when I have a man touching me versus a woman touching me, but just to have three sets of female hands on me at once. And it was so much more than sex, right? Because it was, it was soft. It was nurturing. It was loving it was erotic. It was sexual. It was like, I was just fucking peeking in all of these different sensations. And the first wave of just extreme um, emotion came through. You asked for what you wanted. They are worshiping you like a queen because you deserve it and you asked for it. And it was just this like clear moment of when I speak my desires with the right people in the right setting, I get to have what I fucking want. And it was so powerful to feel the pleasure and to allow myself to like fully let it in, to fully let the, 
all of it, the sexual energy, like letting my pussy feel warm and tingly and excited and also feeling like equally loved and like safe in the experience. And they're like sucking on my breasts and kissing my neck. At one point I'm making out with one of the women and it just felt natural. Like no part of it felt unsafe or awkward. And I just kept thinking like, this is how women get to be with one another because we left that experience and we're all still the best of fucking friends. And in fact, it brought us closer together because we got to share that level of intimacy and there was nothing uncomfortable about it. So that was the first time I cried. And that was 10 minutes into the play party and just magic. I just want to take a second and acknowledge you because first of all, I just got the chills and like highly aroused while you're telling this story. (laughs) So good. Um, But I think that I just want to acknowledge where you were a year and a half, two years ago to where you are. Makes me want to cry. (laughs) I didn't even know you two years ago, (laughs) but the bravery that you have stepped forward with and also asking for what you want. Like I understand that journey and I'm sure so many women listening to this understand that journey as well. And as we get into this, sometimes we can take it lightly or be like, yeah, it was no big deal. And I really just want to take a moment and acknowledge you because it is a big deal and it is a life-changing moment to ask for what you want and to receive in that way and to be seen the way you ask to be seen and held. And it's profound and it's beautiful. And I admire you in the bravery and courage it takes to be that bare in that kind of moment that's so new and unknown and to say, yes, I want pleasure. I want more for myself. And I've seen the other side and I don't want to live like that. And I want more of everything. And you really leaned into it and you surrendered. And you created a new reality and possibility for yourself. And I'm just, I just admire you so much. I'm in awe of you. I'm just like, wow. (laughs) Thank you so much. That hit me right in the heart. I love you. I love Mm -hmm. you so much. So when you come out of an experience like this, and I'm sure this is how I feel. It's like having threesomes with Connor is life-changing and having sex with him is incredible. And I love our sex alone and with other people, but the dynamic of being with women really shifts things within you because like you're saying, it's not something you've done a lot in your life. So you're having this whole new, Oh, this is a desire I have. Okay. Uh, Oh, I'm into this. Oh, I'm okay with that. Like all these things that were probably taboo and no, no's for you. And now you're like, yes, it's just like what I do on the weekend. Um, I know that feeling well, but how do you feel over the last week as you've been integrating this and taking all of that and saying, oh, well, this is my new reality. These are the new possibilities for what I get to receive and experience. Yeah, that's such a great question. I mean, the biggest piece that I've been integrating and sitting with um, has really been, it's the desire work. The, the more I can in that cycle of I feel it, on it, ask for it, I receive it, the more my life just becomes more magical. And whether that's having sex with a woman or asking for a raise or just 
saying that like, I want to go get coffee from this coffee shop, right? There's, it's a spectrum, but the more I practice it in the everyday and the mundane, the more I get to build that capacity to do that in front of another woman when her like beautiful body is in front of me. And they, it works both ways. It's like, if I say yes to having women go down on me, it also makes it easier for me to say yes to going to get the latte that I desire today. Right? It's like, I'm just building that capacity. And I will say I had a drop on Sunday, like a big one. I felt a huge wave of sadness and um, it honestly just felt like it was my nervous system um, calibrating to the level at which I just rose because to go from that level of expansion, there has to be contraction. There's not one without the other. And they warned us about this. So it was really lovely to have this as an expectation. Not necessarily, it was true for everyone and each person's level of expansion was different. So the contraction may not always be the same, but I expanded a lot. So I expected, you might be riding a wave tomorrow. And I did. And that wave looked like, all fucking day, just bursting into tears for no reason. There was no story. There was no shame of how could you let yourself be witnessed in your bare breasts with women kissing you. It was, I was completely comfortable at the level in which I played. And that was also because I got clear on what my boundaries were ahead of time. So I didn't cross anything for myself. I knew what I wanted. I went in, I got it. And I was really proud of myself. And then on the other side of it, it was more of just how much can you allow your nervous system to receive this new up level? And it took me almost like energetically releasing all of the energy that had built up over the past 24 hours. So I was like at the pool. I would, first of all, I didn't want to be around anybody. I just wanted to be fucking alone with my thoughts, with my body. And I was at the pool and I just like burst into tears there. And then I go back upstairs and I make a smoothie and I'm like crying while I'm making a smoothie. And then I'm in the bathtub masturbating because I have so much hot erotic stuff to masturbate to now. And then I'm crying after I masturbate. And I'm just like, you know what? This is, this is normal. This is me just releasing and expanding and allowing the contraction to occur. Mm. I like that you bring that up because it's, uh, it's like when we're crying or when things feel, um, maybe chaotic or uncertain in our bodies, we think something's wrong. We're like, oh, well, I must not have liked last night. I went too far. That's bad. But I like that you're saying it's the way your body is integrating to this new iteration of yourself, this new version of you that you just met, the new possibilities that are out there for you. And your body is learning to adapt to Mm -hmm. everything that's going on. And your mind is also learning to adapt as well, because when you're that tapped in and you're that present, you're so in your body, the Mm ego is going to come in some way or another. And it's going to be like, what the fuck? This is new. Why are we doing this? We're unsafe. And so your body gets to calibrate. And I think that's a really important piece of discernment as we're trying new things. I know I've been there too, after threesomes or something new with Connor. And I'm like, oh, is something wrong? And I really sit with it. And it's like, oh, no, this is just a new thing I've never done before. My nervous system is trying to figure out what's happening. (laughs) New feels different. I say that to my clients all the time. They'll say, oh, this is uncomfortable or awkward. And it's it's just different. New feels different. And so if we desire newness, we desire to expand and we desire to have a different reality, it is going to feel different in our bodies because it is not the thing we've always had. So yeah, it's a great reminder. And I love that you brought up 
about the presence and being in the body, because that's so much of what that experience was for me. It was returning home. And that makes me want to cry. (laughs) Because it's such a different experience for me. I lived so much out of my body for so much of my life, just and being rewarded for it, rewarded for my sharp mind, rewarded for how hard I could bypass and just grind and work. And I know that's a really similar story to a lot of people, but to now rewrite that script of how much more can I be embodied in pleasure and present and, and kink and BDSM has really given me an access point to that. That was the other time at the party where I cried. It was after I had been flogged for 45 minutes and somebody may hear that and think, well, what the fuck are you into? And so interesting that what that experience gave me was deepening and deepening and deepening my ability to be in my body and also to use pain as an access point to that embodiment. Because we were talking about this a little bit before the recording of how I've been in a state of chronic pain over the past year and a half with some health issues. I've had a a challenging year after leaving a marriage and leaving a job, leaving a home that I love. There were so many things that I changed that it was no fucking surprise that my body went haywire for a year. And I felt so out of control, even though it's an illusion, I still felt very out of control with how I was able to show up each day of like, I just want to know if I'm going to wake up and be a normal 31 year old that can date and play and work and not have to worry about are you going to be in a, a pain flare today? And being spanked and flogged for 45 minutes was giving me control over how I experienced pain and how much I wanted. And then to be even able to transmute that into this actually feels really good to be dropped into my body that deeply because it was a mixture of like, I'm going to smack your ass. I'm going to take you all the way up to like an eight out of 10. And then I'm going to tell you what a good little slut you are. And I'm going to pet your head and like smooth your ass and tell you like how hot it looks. And it was just this like incredible, delicious rewriting of the story of what pain could feel like in my body. And so after I get out of that experience, I felt the most open, alive and expansive I'd felt in a year and a half. And it was this aha moment of the shit. You just rewired some major shit in your nervous system. Like you've spent the better half of a year and a half in pain. And now you just use pain to access pleasure and expansion and full embodied like openness. It was so powerful. So yeah, it was just, I was a crying mess all over that play party. I love (laughs) that. And it was very welcome. Yeah, no, Um, it's perfect. It's like honoring where you are. And these these experiences are emotional and they're catalysts for growth and catalysts for releasing and repatterning. And maybe not everyone is having that specific type of experience that you are, but you're so open and you're in this period of inviting growth in and you're utilizing your sexuality and your ability to be curious about different experiences to help you get to this next iteration of yourself and you really are willing to sit with the emotions. And I think that's one of the best parts of you talking about this. Just a quick break from this mind blowing conversation with my girl, Bryn. 
Oh, we have been moving. We have been moving and I'm exhausted, but I've been doing something really great for myself. I have been nourishing the fuck out of my body. So as you can imagine, we've all moved. Everyone listening knows what this is like, but you're carrying boxes back and forth, up and down stairs, and you get into your place. And I don't know if you're like me, but I like everything to be done immediately. (laughs) I'm like, must be moved in and everything look perfect within 24 hours. Um, cause I'm psychotic sometimes and I just like things to be put away and be done so that I can move on with my life. So we have this beautiful home. So excited to live there, but I have been an unpacking crazy person the last couple of days. So what do we do when we aren't eating the way we should be eating, but we need to stay hydrated and nourished? I'm turning to my boo, Organifi. Not eating real meals because I'm running around. So I know I need to get my calories and protein in. Shake, 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 shake. I'm on the shake game. I have been so good about making my Organifi smoothies um, over the last few days in the new house. Um, And I'm just so glad that I have something that's going to make me feel good, that's going to keep me going. And that's going to make sure that I'm not losing a ton of weight while I'm going through this process, because that is what my body does. If I'm not getting the right amount of calories and protein in, I lose weight really quickly, which makes me feel really weak and tired. And then I just feel like crap. And then all the work that I've done for months and months and months just goes away and it's annoying. So I really wanted to be conscious of not doing that this time. So Organifi has chocolate and vanilla, and I'm obsessed with both. I think I said this the other day, but I'm still very much in this peanut butter, banana, chocolate mode. So if you are like me and you love peanut butter, peanut butter is life, then I highly recommend blending this all up with a little bit of oat milk or almond milk and some ice and damn, it's good. So if you go to Organifi.com slash Kelly T, you will get 20% off everything you order. I highly recommend everything they have. It's absolutely incredible. The other thing is you got to stay hydrated while you're doing all this running around. And now our puppy Theo has three acres to run around on. And um, he did this little thing where he ran away from me yesterday. And I'm pretty sure he was chasing some sort of animal on our property. And here goes mama. Mama and Dutch off to find Theo. I've got Connor on the phone. I'm like, I can't find him. Where did he go? And he's like, I'm not there. I don't know. And so I'm fucking climbing and running up this mountain trying to find this damn puppy. And I kid you not, I kid you not. Where do I find him? Oh, I find him in the laundry room of our house. I run up the mountain. I run all the way down the mountain. I cross the street. Can't find him anywhere. Connor's like, go back to the house. Just stay at home base. And I literally walk in the house and he's panting from sprinting. (laughs) Just sitting there looking at me like, what you doing, mom? (laughs) So that being said, I kid you not. I'm I'm like, I swear to God, this is not because I'm just reading this ad. This is real life stories. (laughs) I go into the kitchen afterwards because I'm sweating and I'm frantic and freaking out. and. 
for me a grapefruit element because I needed something <laughs> cold and refreshing and I need to stay hydrated because this dog is going to drive me crazy now that he has all this room to run around. So if you're like me, maybe you're a dog mom, maybe you're a human mom, you're running around after your children, you're exhausted, you need to stay hydrated, you don't have time for anything else, pop a packet of element into some water, shake it up, that shit is bomb, get the electrolytes, make sure you're taking care of your body and nourishing on a cellular level. I'm obsessed with element. You can go to drinkelement.com slash Kelly T. That's drinklmnt.com slash Kelly T. You'll get an eight pack sampler of element just for the price of shipping. So it's five bucks. That's drinkelement.com slash Kelly T. Get you some. I discovered something recently and I'm pretty stoked about it because if you have a period, you've probably had a painful period at one or more times in your life and it can be so uncomfortable. It can keep you from sleeping. It can you know, cause you to be doubled over in pain. I have been in the fetal position many a times on the bathroom floor feeling awful. And I mean, let's not be surprised here when it comes to research and testing. There isn't a lot that goes into figuring out how to treat period pain other than here, pop this pill, here's some medication and let's just numb it out. And I don't really like taking Advil unless I absolutely have to. So I'm so excited that Womanizer is having this conversation around menstruation. Love menstruation. Are you kidding me? I'm here for it. So a few months ago, I started to think, okay, if I masturbate while I am on my period, I wonder if that release will calm down all the pain that I'm experiencing in the cramps. Uh, yeah, it did. So then I introduced the womanizer starlet. Okay. It is so good. I talk about the womanizer and the orgasm that starts in your toes and goes all the way up your body. Well, imagine if you are in pain and you are on your period to have a release, a full body release and orgasm. It totally changes period pain. I am not kidding you. There is nothing else that I have ever done that has had this type of experience and these types of results. I highly recommend you try out the Womanizer Starlet and really lean into pleasure when you're in pain and see what it does for your mindset, your emotional state, and how you feel physically. It's so good. It is so good. So you can check out the show notes to get your own Starlet from Womanizer. I am so excited to hear how this helps you during your menstruation. I want you to share a little bit more because this is something I've never talked about ever. Mm. I, I still, I feel like shameful about this. Um, cause I just, it's just new. I love being called a slut and a whore by Connor and having him like grab my hair really hard and shove my face into the better a pillow and like fuck me from behind. It is so hot to me. And 
and like being in pain, like when something hurts, if he like slaps my ass really hard or if he pulls my hair just a little more than it feels good. And you're like, oh, damn, that hurts. But also I'm kind of loving this. It's like a confusing place to be for people because we think, oh, well, that's wrong. Like you shouldn't be in pain in sex or being called a slut and a whore is super derogatory. And how would you ever let your partner call you that? So what is it about it for you that you enjoy that and you play into it? I love that chair. Thank you for that. Mm -hmm. And um, for me, it's about reclamation, right? You know, I've been sexual for as long as I can remember. I've always loved to have sex. I've always loved to be in this state of pleasure. And yet being sexual in high school is a fucking disaster. I had everything from being called a slut, being called a whore. I don't know if you remember MySpace used to, I had this like magnet board and you could like anonymously write messages on these magnet boards on your MySpace. And I remember logging on one day and somebody had written that I was like a dirty slut on this magnet board and just being fucking devastated all the time because of how I just naturally desired to show up. Now, given some of this desire for sex and connection was from a a wounded place. I was desperately looking for love in all the wrong places. And part of it was because I just loved sex and I was an open sexual woman in the wrong setting. And it was really challenging to navigate that space because everything I was being imprinted with was you're wrong. You're a whore. No one will love you. We're going to have sex with you and it's going to be delicious. And we're going to like enjoy the hell out of it. And then we're going to make fun of you behind your back. And we're going to take pictures of you without your permission. I was photographed one time. I remember having sex with somebody in the shower of a high school party and somebody recorded the whole thing and sent it around. Oh, and look, Exactly. It's like, and these, that was my normal. Like that was, that was my sexual awakening at 16 was this is how you will be treated as a sexual woman. And so to fast forward now and to have these experiences where I'm being called a slut and I'm asking for it. And it is such a turn on in my body. And I am, I'm being praised for my sexuality and having that be empowering. It's like, yeah, I'm going to fucking reclaim that for myself. And I'm going to be so empowered on the other side of it. And now the people that used to make fun of me in high school are watching my Instagram stories, asking for support. Oh so yeah. It's like, get fucked. Get fucked. <laughs> Literally. Mm-hmm. Isn't it so, so interesting as you get older, I think people, we realize the really dumb things we did in high school. I, uh, I had some girls, I was on a bus. It was like our senior year and they were telling me I should kill myself and, um, you know, being just bullied by girls and just, you know, nasty shit that we do when we're young. And I remember during college and right after I received Facebook messages from all of these people separately at different times, apologizing. They were like, I'm so sorry. I can't believe I did that to you. I was jealous or this happened and I was upset or whatever it was. And I'm, it's amazing to me when we get older and we can have the realization of all these things that went on in high school and how so much of that dictates how we are as adults. Your sexuality and your experiences in high school, I'm guessing where we'll go next is like this like shutting down and not feeling okay and then needing to come back and have this reclamation. 
I think that's so much of what so many of us go through is based on these stories or these experiences when we're young and no one knows what the fuck they're doing. We're all just projecting and in fear and confused. And it's, it's our ability as adults to reclaim whatever it is we feel we lost or suppressed during those moments, because we don't have to continue to live in that cycle. Absolutely. And I, you know, I joke that it was like this, those people are watching me now. And I, I, I fully recognize that we were all just a products of our environment. It was what we learned. It was what our parents gave to us. It was what we saw. And of course, it was, it was what the majority of people were doing. So if everybody's making fun of Carly, that was my name in high school, then we're all going to make fun of Carly. Right. And so, um, yeah, it's, it's absolutely been a powerful journey of unpacking and getting rid of everything that wasn't mine, everything that's not mine, anything that was given to me from my mother, my father, societal programming. It's like, how can I just let this shit go and be who I authentically am in that core, that place where when I close my eyes, I can feel myself and feel my desire. I can feel what is mine. And it's been a beautiful and wild journey to go back to that place. Okay. So I don't want to pass over this. When did you change your name? Oh, (laughs) I, so Bryn is my middle name. And it was sometimes when I tell this story, I'm like, do I sound like such a basic bitch right now? <laughs> Probably, but we won't yeah. judge you. <laughs> um, so I was at Burning Man. Uh, and all good stories start with, I was at Burning Man. <laughs> right? I'm like, oh my gosh. Uh, real original. So I was at Burning Man and I was having a conversation with a dear friend of mine about his sons. And his sons have these beautiful, strong Hawaiian names. And I was in such awe of the intention that went into naming his sons. And I remember just reflecting that to him because they had these like beautiful descriptions. And then also being the spell essentially that he casts on his sons, knowing that he gave them these names and how they are now embodying these people that he has named them to be. And I just thought like, wow, this is fucking magical. And Carly always felt little girl to me, like this little girl energy. And it is no surprise that for most of my life, I lived in that space, passive, quiet, sweet little girl, codependent as fuck, looking for somebody else to tell me what to do. And Burning Man was like the bomb that got dropped on my awakening in so many chapters of my life. And it was at Burning Man that I'm having this conversation. And I I reflected to him, I said, you know, I've really just never resonated with my name. And this is at the beginning of the night. We're on some substances. We're just having a a fun ride on the bike in the middle of the playa. And he looks at me, he's like, well, what would you want to be called if you could be called anything? And right away, again, accessing that place inside of me that just fucking knows. Like Bryn, I've always been so in love with my middle name. It feels bold. It feels sexy. It feels adult. It was like all of these things that I wanted to step into that I was starting to unravel at Burning Man. And I could just love and kiss this man for what he did. He had the group stop. So he's called everybody over. We got off of our bikes and he said, I want you to get in the middle. And he had everybody circle around me. And he looks at the group and he said, I have somebody I want to introduce you to. And he had everybody, uh, he had me announce my new name to the group. And then he had everybody go around the circle and affirm me with my new name and tell me something they loved about me. 
Oh so, my God. It was magic, Kelly. Like wow. pure fucking magic. Yeah. So it it was one of those moments again, talk about this like having an aha moment of when I speak my desire, I get what I want. And it happened simultaneously. And again, this was a product of being around the right people, the people that could support me and love me in a moment like this. And then what was funny is he thought he was giving me my playa name, which is a thing at Burning Man. You get gifted these names. And I was like, no, bitch, I'm keeping this. <laughs> I'm keeping this one off the playa. Bryn it is. And I think maybe a couple months afterwards, I sat with it, which is funny because I made other decisions way faster that were potentially a lot more tumultuous. Um, but I sat with the name change for a little bit. And I think after a couple of months, I'm like, I'm doing it. So what does everyone do? I changed my name on Instagram and that's how Bryn came to be. <laughs> wow. That is a really cool story. Thank you. And it's yeah, true. A, isn't okay. it like when I think a lot of times in this space as we're growing, we're not getting immediate gratification or results. And it's really hard if we're not seeing change. But I think that if you continually are in practice and continually choose yourself, speak your desires, ask for what you want, whatever your thing is, you will begin to see those moments where it's clicking. It's like, I ask for what I want. I see that come back to me. And if you can create the space and be with people that are in that energy with you, it will start happening much faster. But if you're not in that energy, if you're stuck in the fear, if you're not creating space for those things to come through, it's like this constant waiting game of, well, I'm, I never see change and I never get what I want. And it's like, well, where are you? What are your intentions and how are you creating your space? And what's your lens when you're saying, I never get yes. what I want? Are you looking for the affirmation that you're not going to get what you want? Because maybe you did and it just wasn't in the way that you expected it. Oh my God. You sound just like me. Thank you for saying that. <laughs> I've been saying that on, I swear to God, that's literally what I've been saying on every show. I, Ugh. I'm in this interesting phase. This has nothing to do with anything, but kind of does with this. Yeah. I, I've yeah. been talking so much spirituality and sexuality. And to be honest, I'm really fucking over the spiritual community and I want everyone to get fucked. Um, but what I've been talking about is we are in choice. We create a reality and we choose the lens through which we view ourselves and our experiences. Yes, yes, yes. And so thank you for saying that because I feel like a broken record over and over and you just made me sound smarter. So I appreciate you. (laughs) (laughs) No, I, I totally resonate with that. And I resonate with a lot of like the heaviness of all of the spirituality and and living in Austin sometimes in this bubble. It's like, if I hear one more person say opening a portal, I'm going to stab myself in my third eye. Like Mm -hmm. I just can't with some of this talk. That's how I feel oh about the word embodied right now. I'm like, okay, I'm oh, you're like, I'm going to, no, not at all. And it's like, I get it. And it makes sense. And it's not wrong. It's just, I want to shoot myself in the head every time I hear it because, and it's the same with authentic. I went off on my show yesterday about the word authentic. I'm like, I swear to God, the people that use the word authentic that much are the least authentic because they feel the need to keep saying it over and over again. <laughs> I like, feel that. And we yes. stop. <laughs> Your spectrum for sure. And yeah, so I get that. And I, I love the lessons you iterated on of, of just 
yeah, choosing your lens. And I think one of the things my mentor told me that has stuck with me the longest is if you learned it, you can unlearn it. And that's been pretty much my life since she shared that with me. I was like, what can I unlearn? So I actually have the life that I fucking desire. Yes. Oh my God. Yes. Okay. So I want to get into your marriage. Yeah. Um, for those of you who don't know, Bryn works with Alexa and is an often, hopefully soon to be co-host. Uh, you're welcome. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> an often <laughs> guest on the show. And you talk a lot in one of the episodes. I'll find it and make sure it's in the show notes um, with her about your relationship and everything that went on and leaving that marriage and the awakenings you've had. Um, so if you want to go super deep, deep dive on that, please listen to that episode. It is incredible. Um, but can you give us some, some insight into what was happening within your marriage and who Bryn was at that time and who you have become and why you have opened so much since that time? Okay. This is so funny. He just texted me oh my as you were like, Ooh, <laughs> <laughs> hold on, Chris. Uh, so <laughs> we have an amazing relationship and yes, I will absolutely paint that picture. So, um, when I met my previous partner, I was in, I was in college. I was 20 years old and I had just come out of what I would call like this bender where I was just looking for love in all the wrong places. And it was essentially an extension of high school where I was just like, sleeping with these toxic fucking men that were not worthy of my time. But I was so hungry for love, for like masculine attention. And I was so hungry to be seen and to be taken care of because that was my lens. I had always been taken care of, not necessarily by men because my father was absent on and off for most of my life. But my mother and I had a very codependent relationship. Anything I could ever think of, was done for me. If I didn't want to go to school, I didn't have to go to school. If I didn't want to do my homework, she would do it for me. Like I didn't have to make choices. It was just silver platter. And so when I met my partner, we were, I was just coming off of this bender of like, I was sleeping around a lot and I was sleeping around with a friend group, which is like not great because they were all talking about me. And it was just, it was awful. It was not my best self. And I felt really down and bad. And I remember saying like, okay, I'm done with this. I'm done with this chapter. I'm done with sleeping around. I'm done with these men that are just so toxic. And fast forward, I just gotten out of a nasty breakup and I wanted to do something new. So again, like feels different. So I wanted to, instead of sitting on the couch with Ben and Jerry's, which there's nothing wrong with that, but I wanted to try something different. And so I signed up for this boot camp. And the boot camp trainer was my then husband, soon to be husband. Didn't know this, obviously, but we met and he was so different than everybody I'd met. He was charming and sweet and was giving me attention and and wanted to take care of me and wanted to give me a lot of, of the things that I wasn't getting. And so it was intoxicating. It was like, oh, here it is. There's finally the person. And of course, all of the programming and society had told me like, this is what you're working for. Everything is going to lead you to finding this person. When you find him, hold on to him. You'll get married. You'll have babies. You'll do the dance and life will be magical. 
And don't get me wrong. We had so much fun. We had an immediate physical attraction, great sex, just play lots and lots of play. I was 20, 20. I could not buy beer legally. Like it was just so, so young. And we fell in love and we chose each other and we just kept doing the dance. We kept doing the obligatory, this is the next step. So we're dating long enough, we'll move in together. We've been moving in together, we'll get engaged. From getting engaged, okay, we'll get married. And then eventually we'll have kids. And what happened between the two of us was we got into this toxic cycle. I don't want to call it toxic. We got into a cycle of he was taking care of me because I needed it. And he needed to take care of somebody. So we, these like equal and opposite wounds, he got his love from being the martyr that sacrificed and did everything for everyone, because that's what he learned. And I learned everyone will do everything for you and you will have no opinions, life or hobbies of your own. And so fast forward 10 years that just kept deepening and deepening until I had no fucking clue who I was. I didn't know what I liked. I didn't know what I desired. I didn't know how to do anything for myself. It's, it was embarrassing. Like when we finally separated the level of like humbleness that I had to have of, there are so many things that as adults, I would have imagined I knew, but I don't because I've handed all of my power and all of this away to this other person. And I remember saying before we separated, I want to feel the weight of responsibility because I had never felt it before. I just kept kind of floating through life. And I'd be lying if I said that it like magically just occurred where I'm like all of a sudden responsible and I'm doing all of these things for myself. There's still times where I have to give myself hard reality checks because I'm so used to playing in the space of somebody else will take care of this for me. And then I default and I'm like, you didn't save enough money for your taxes this month or you spent more than you should have. Or there's like all these little patterns that just creep back in. And it's because I'm unpacking 31 years of that. And there was just a clear tension point. It was just before I turned 30 where I was so numb, Kelly. Like I was so fucking numb. Where I just had, I had to know what else was available. The pain of leaving the safety of that marriage was not as insufferable as the pain of not knowing who I was without this person. Like I just, it felt like I was a caged lion. Like I had lived my life in this cage. I had no idea what was outside of the cage and I did not care at that point anymore what I needed to do to break out of it. And I would say though, getting to that place do I regret it? Absolutely not. Like I would make that decision a hundred times over knowing who I am now. And that was my path. Like this was how I had to access this part of me. And the deeper I go in this journey, I'm so clearly seeing how much freedom is a state of mind. And I could have had access to this level of freedom had we chosen to do this dance together, but I didn't know how. And I have to sit here and I have to love Bryn who didn't know how to access that in her relationship because I just didn't have access to those tools at that time. So the only way I knew how to access my freedom was to drop a fucking bomb on everything. 
And I would, like I said, I would do it 10 times over knowing the woman that I am today and the man that he is today. That's something that I also love to give a little credit to myself for is because I trusted my intuition and I knew how damaging it was for us to stay in that partnership. We are now the best versions of ourselves that we have ever been and thriving. And I joke with him, like, I feel like we are more in love now than we were when we were married. Wow. So yeah, it has been quite the journey. That's incredible. It's like you set yourself free and in turn set him free too. And sometimes that's the best thing we can do. It's, you know, it's so cliche. If you love something, let it go. Mm. But it's like you finally decided to love yourself and you let go and you loved him and you let him go. And we have these ideas that relationships have to look a certain way and last long enough to have some meaning. I feel like if Connor came to me today and was like, look, this is actually not what I wanted. I want to go do this other thing. I would obviously be, you know, broken and so sad uh, temporarily, but I would have such deep reverence for what we've had and know that whatever choice he's making, that's what's meant to be. And I wouldn't want to downplay everything we've created. And I think that's where you are now is you guys were true, truly in service of one another for so long and get to be, like you said, the best versions of yourselves in large part due to that 10 plus years together. And now you step into a new iteration of your relationship where you can support one another. It's fucking amazing. And that gets to be normalized and more than okay. So, so true. Thank you. And yeah, it's been, uh, I'll have people say to me, like, how did you two cultivate this relationship post-separation? And I, I really struggle finding the answer to that because I, I don't know how to do it differently. Like that's, it sounds obnoxious, but that's just who we were. Like we were committed to our growth. We were committed to loving ourselves first in that separation. We gave each other a fuck ton of space. So I want to name, like, it wasn't just like sunshine and rainbows. And we skipped off into the sunset and like, we're divorced now. Uh, for like months, we didn't speak. And when we did speak, it was incredibly painful. I had to leave my last career because I couldn't stand to be around him because it was so painful to see his face day. And so there was a lot of pain and a lot of sadness and a lot of fucking alone time. And on the other side of that was now we get to transition our relationship into something that we both really love and desire. And that looks like having dinner a couple times a month. And tonight we're going to an ecstatic dance party together. And we now get to be, I think, who we always were to one another, which is like this deep soul resonance, but not each other's forever romantic partners. Mm. I love that. Okay. So I could talk to you forever. I'm really glad we're friends because we didn't even get to threesomes or erotic blueprint. (laughs) So, and now that I know you had a super codependent relationship with your mom, definitely need to talk about that. Cause I feel that hard. Um, so can we do this again soon? Cause I need a, I need a Bryn part two. This is way too good. Uh, I love you. I'm so glad I met you. I love you so much. Thank you for everything for showing up and just sharing, like sharing details and really vulnerable moments. And 
like I feel so much permission from you on a daily basis. You are so incredible. I was telling Alexa when we were recording before you came in, I said, I am just amazed by her all the time and the way you show up online because that's the only way I know you thus far. But you have you move me like you, your story, the way you share, the way you continue to transform and give yourself permission, which then is reflected to all of us witnessing you and ourselves. And it's beautiful to watch. So thank you. And I just I fucking adore you. And I can't wait till I get to hug you in person. I can't wait. Thank you so much, Kelly. I really, really love you. Thank you so much for listening to The Kelly Show. If you would like even more exclusive content, conversations with me, the ability to connect with women in a really sacred space to continue to challenge yourself, to create space for yourself and come back home to your truth and your knowing, I would love, love, love to have you inside the Onyx, the incredible space that I created for women like you who want more and who are ready to lean in to all of it. You can go to patreon.com slash the Kelly show. The link is in the show notes and I cannot wait to see you in there and hold that space for your growth. See you soon.